Hi there, uh, my name is John Sloan and I want to introduce myself to you. Um, I am part of a family of three grandchildren. Um, my wife Myra is a retired GP. Uh, we have nine grandchildren and we have a little dog. Uh, I'm a semi-retired uh, NHS accidents and emergency consultant. Um, I still do some work here in the UK um, and I also do some work in Africa, most notably now in the Democratic Republic of Congo, where we have developed a clinic, uh, trained some staff, equipped them with um, various things like an ultrasound machine. <clears throat> and I hope to go out there soon, but there's been um, all sorts of problems that have prevented me, but I hope to be there. Be being a medic uh, can be unexpectedly funny at times, uh, not always and actually not very often, but uh, some of the funniest moments for me have been reading what other doctors have written in patients' notes, and these are genuine quotes. Um, the patient refused an autopsy. Uh, the patient has no previous history of suicides. The patient has chest pain if she lies on her left side for over a year. On the second day, the knee was better. And on the third day, it disappeared completely. The patient has been depressed since she started seeing me in 1993. I can understand that. But this is the best one of all. The patient has two teenage children, but otherwise no abnormalities. <laughs> Um, but I've been asked uh, not to talk about myself, but to talk about habitual prayer, referring to our next Acts passage, which is chapter 1, verses 12, 13 and 14. Uh, it's good to start with uh, dictionary definitions. <clears throat> uh, so uh, I just want to give you some definitions of habitual. Um, habitual uh, of the nature of a habit, e.g., she is a habitual tea drinker. Uh, habitual, uh, having developed a specific characteristic through force of habit, e.g. he is a habitual gossip. It's something you are, something you do, but the key thing is you do it naturally, even without much thought. Now, as a medic, I know that overcoming addiction um, involves at least two components. This is true for heroin, cocaine, uh, but the one we actually see most of in very large numbers is alcohol. And uh, one of those components is chemical dependence. That's what makes an alcoholic crave alcohol, and if it's not forthcoming, begins to shake and withdraw. Uh, the other is habituation. That's when an alcoholic is a few weeks down the road off all alcohol, maybe been in a rehab clinic, uh, released, feeling great, only to meet up with an old friend. They always went to the pub together in the past, particularly in the evening. It's 6pm. And sure enough, off they go again. The behaviour had been learned and grooved over a long time. And in this case, habituation proved harder to crack than dependence. Think of habituation this way. As cutting the corner over a nice lawn. Here's a nice lawn. The first times you cut the corner, you might feel a twinge of guilt. But hey, it's a long way round otherwise, isn't it? And I'm in a hurry. The grass stays mostly healthy, nobody tells you off. Sooner or later, however, the grass shows where you keep going over it. And after a while, the grass dies and a hard mud track develops, or in the winter, a soft muddy track develops. But by then you don't even think that you're taking the shortcut, you're just used to it. Habitual behaviour. It can be Unhelpful, like alcohol or damaging someone's lawn. But it can be helpful, like becoming a habitual healthy eater. A habitual exercise taker. And prayer can be grooved in the same way into your day, into your week, into your life. 
slowly at first, but sooner or later, it becomes second nature. You don't even think that you're doing it. Today's passage from Acts demonstrates it well. Here it is in the new international version, and I'll show it uh, on, the, on the screen here. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day's walk from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon, the zealot, and Judas, son of James. They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. Get the context. Jesus had just been beamed up into the heavens. Then too, we presume, angels appear before the group of the disciples saying, Jesus is planning to come back. Not your average experience uh, in one day. And Jesus had earlier told them not to leave Jerusalem. Now, all this happened on the Mount of Olives. Um, let me take you on a quick trip so you can see exactly where that is. It's on the outskirts of Jerusalem. Uh, it's about a kilometre away, actually, from the walled city of Jerusalem. Uh, it's a walk I've done. Uh, you come down the Mount of Olives, a lovely stroll in the, in the Mediterranean warmth. Uh, you go across the Kedron Valley uh, and then you uh, do a short uh, uphill uh, ascent to the uh, city of Jerusalem and in one of the many gates through the walls. Uh, verse 12 says it's a Sabbath day's walk away. Uh, now you have to realise that that's not talking about walking for a whole day uh, on a Sabbath. That's actually referring to the fact that uh, in that time they were living under a pretty strict Jewish environment of Jewish law, and the rabbis only allowed you to walk 2,000 cubits on a Sabbath. Uh, 2,000 cubits is about a kilometre. Uh, this scripture is not implying that they were doing it on a Sabbath. They were just using that terminology in the same way as we might use a similar terminology to say um, it's, uh, well, in the States, they say it's two blocks away. That's a good example. People in another society wouldn't really understand that. But a Sabbath day's walk is about a kilometre, as you can see from the um, from the map here. Anyway, the 12 of them gathered in an upper room within the city, uh, probably because they were afraid of what might be about to happen, uh, but probably because they wanted to gather with others. And they gathered with the women, says the scripture, probably the various wives uh, of the disciples, because they did have wives, and uh, with Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. Now, you've got to um, note that in this culture, uh, women were not really mentioned uh, in the same way as men were mentioned. Um, Jesus had broken that taboo. Many of his close uh, confidants were women. Um, and women assume greater significance uh, from this time onwards in the New Testament. Incidentally, this is the final mention of Mary, the mother of Jesus, who was about 17 when Jesus was born in that stable, and so therefore about 50 years of age at this stage. It's thought she died somewhere between the age of 60 to 65, but history doesn't give us uh, accurate information on that. Anyway, having gathered, they prayed steadfastly with one mind, is what the scripture says. Now, what would you have done at this point? So just think about it. Would you have got round your friends to tell them the amazing things you'd seen and heard? Of course, a bit easier with social media these days, but not impossible for them either. Uh, or would you have had long discussions about what it all meant? 
Or would you have started a new movement and look for people to join you? The fact is that this band of what we reckon is probably with the women around 20 people, they'd been trained by Jesus to face any challenge with believing prayer. No food? Let's pray. Sick person? Let's pray. Dead person? Let's pray. We may think uh, that prayer is just a small event and where we recite a few words like a mystical incantation. It might be a last minute. Uh, it might last only a minute or it might last a few minutes. But here we see people habituated to prayer. It was their natural go-to place. So how and where can you develop habitual prayer? Let me tell you what happens for me. Uh, I used to pray sitting in a chair every morning. Uh, it was my quiet time. I still use the term quiet time. I, I shut off uh, myself from my phone maybe and from other things going on and read scripture and pray and that's a great habit to get into in the morning but actually um, I found I can pray better more naturally uh, longer for all the things that are rattling around in my head things that are tugging at my heart when I go for a walk with my little dog in the woods here I was in that cold snap uh, earlier um, in the year. I start walking and I start praying. The two are now indelibly linked for me. The, the, the habit is grooved like that track over the grass. So I'd encourage you to find your most comfortable place. At the best time, of the day for you. It could be first thing in the day. For me, it's whenever I walk. So it could be three times in the, in the morning, in the lunchtime, in the evening. As soon as I start walking, I start praying. It could be for you last thing in the day. You might get yourself warm in bed and open your Bible, read a passage, and you might pray there. And that might be the most helpful thing. You might want to sit or stand. You might want to walk. You might want to listen to some background music. And there, in that comfortable place for you, form the habit of talking to your Heavenly Father. It's a great habit to develop, habitual prayer. I pray that it would come to pass for you too. Coming up, we have Conversation Street. But before we get into that, here's a clip from our podcast, What's the Story, which you can subscribe to on all your favorite podcast apps. And so I spiraled at that point. I just got to a new city in Cambodia, it was. And um, yeah, emotions just started to spiral. I went through periods of real anger and hate and then desperation and sadness and pain and it just perpetuated and got worse and worse i tried to go to bed i couldn't i'd come down and probably for a four hour period i just had this intense emotion that was obviously painful i just really didn't know what to do with myself luckily in the town i didn't know where the local bars were i didn't know anything so i ended up as about two three in the morning lying in bed and suddenly just dawned on me, why don't I pray? I've heard stories, I've been in church, I've heard stories about praying, I've heard mm. stories of God meeting you in your hour of need. So I just lay there, arms open on my bed and start to pray. And literally, as I turned my focus to God and prayer, I just felt this overwhelming sense of peace come over me, this sense of light, this sense of warmth, Welcome back. I'm sorry, I'm just typing up some notes. 
<laughs> I need to be quicker. Uh, that was Josh Birch's uh, What's the Story, which is a podcast we do here at Crowd Church, which you can subscribe to on all your favorite podcast apps, as we said. Uh, yeah, and this week, uh, Josh Birch has told his story, talking about his relationships uh, in his 20s, how it almost broke him, his trip to Cambodia, how everything went wrong. Uh, but in that place, he met God. Fascinating story. Uh, from Mr. Josh Birch there. So do, do check it out. What's the story? Podcast.com is the best place to find that. Uh, or you can actually find it also on CrowdChurch, which I'll put on the screen now. Uh, you can go to that website there. So www.crowd.church if you're listening to the audio. Uh, Claire, welcome back. Uh, the camera has managed to stay on your iPad, which is awesome. Uh, so <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, John Sloan talk. What did you think? The habitual prayer. You did say at the start, because obviously we, when the talks, we can have a little still, chat, can't we? We can have a little conversation. We can ad lib and throw things in. And you just went, oh, that's a bit of a strange word, Matt. Well, and I think um, habitual has become uh, associated with negative connotations, not you know, ninety yeah. yeah. percent, you know, and so that was my straight straight away when I thought habitual prayer. I was like, mm, that's not usually how what we'd say, yeah. but I like it because actually, like he went on to say, we can develop any anything that be, that is a habit is habitual, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And and I always like because I think that this is how God is as well, turning. The negative into the positive yeah and so i like it i i am a bit of a one for you know if there's something a bit bit dodgy or whatever let's try and find the good in it <laughs> <laughs> um, and 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 turn it around um so yeah i really i i loved what he had to say i thought um and i, I was yeah there's lots that we could talk about <laughs> not quite sure where you want to go um uh, I think for me, I think to answer your question, maybe was I. I think definitely it's it's um, it's for me. It has to be a daily thing, doesn't it? Yeah. And uh, I think it it's almost like a. It's just talking. I, I think it's demystifying what prayer prayer is. Like mm. it's not some sort of you know oh our father you know even it's not a, a prayer that we've taught. We've been taught as children, maybe, but it is just talking like we're talking now yeah. with our Heavenly Father, who is as real, you know, as you are. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I can't physically see them, mm. you know, mm. so... Um, yeah, yeah, you're right, aren't you, that prayer actually, I think sometimes we've overcomplicated it, and it's just having a conversation with God from, mm. from, your, from wherever you're at, from your heart, mm. you know, and... It's a, a conversation is always two way. So we talk about that in crowd that actually not only does God want to hear from you, but he wants to communicate back. Um, yeah. That's a whole other topic. Like, how do we hear God? Um, but it's, it is an interesting one, isn't it? This whole thing about forming the habit of mm. prayer um, and this conversation with God on a daily basis seems to make an awful lot of sense. And we do talk mm -hmm. about it in Christian circles. But here's one of my questions for you, Claire, uh, when it comes to prayer. Have you ever sat in church, listened to people talking about prayer or sat at home and think, I'm just not praying enough and actually felt bad about your prayer life? Or has your prayer life always been like <laughs> top of the mountain? Do you know what I, I mean? Think you might, I think you might be able to tell by my, my, my reflective <laughs> hysterical response. Um, no, I, I, I would say that I, I think it, it's up and down, up and down. And, and there's definitely been times in my life where I have, you know, like John was talking about, sat in a chair and um, prayed for an hour or, you know, as part of that, maybe I've sung songs to God and I've, maybe listen to songs or I've read my Bible as part of that process. Because I, I, I don't think you can take the Bible away from prayer. I think yeah. they're very interlinked and often I will find when I'm reading, I'm currently at the moment reading a psalm a day. Okay. And um, I've started off at Psalm 1 on January the 1st and that's helpful for me. It's going to get a bit tricky after 31, obviously, but I've got a bookmark in my Bible, so that's going to help me. Um, oh, it's day. Oh, no. And obviously when we get up to Psalm 100, is it 150 that it finishes? Or I can't remember how many there are. Um, I've no it's idea, not but when you get to Psalm days. 119, it would take you a year to read the yeah, thing. I don't probably. Much I do. Yeah, yeah. 
yeah but anyway but I, I think and often I think you can pray from from the Bible like that yeah. and I you know I think often if I've I've not known what to pray I've turned to a prayer in the Bible Ephesians yeah. the book of Ephesians has got some crackers and oh. um, and um and and just prayed those and um, I think that I found that really helpful um so I think um did you ask me a question <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Mountainside or, you know, is it, I guess, what do you do? Because I think a lot of Christians feel guilty with prayer. It tends to be one of the, it's a funny one, isn't it? It's a bad thing, isn't it? Mm. Like, I I have to be honest and say, like, I'm not, I don't often feel guilty. Possibly I should feel a bit more guilty sometimes. (laughs) But, uh, and it's not a thing that I genuinely regularly feel which i'm really thankful for but i think the the way it's always been described to me is um uh like con what is it condemnation when we feel condemned and guilty that turns us away from god but Mm. conviction when the holy spirit is is challenging us about an area of our life that turns us towards god and so um so i think and so i think I, i you know yeah definitely there are times when when I do need to pray more, but I think it's you know it's that balance of of life and but that that daily conversation that 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 here I am and not not I don't have to spend five hours getting myself ready to pray. Mm. I'm just here, God. You accept me as I am. You know you know my weaknesses. We've, I've got a lot, and you love me and you want to speak with me and you want to hear what I've got to say and that is so reassuring and I think if we approach God knowing that he loves us uh, which he does um, then we'll we'll know that he wants to to listen to what we've got to say even oh yesterday I had a funny example and um, we couldn't find an iPad and a Chromebook in our house and one child had an, had a Chromebook. No, one child had an iPad and the other child didn't have the Chromebook, their iPad. Yeah. Very fortunate, very blessed. We've got two Chromebooks, two iPads, whatever. Anyway, couldn't find one. This younger child was distressed that his Chromebook iPad had gone. And anyway, after a day and a half of looking for these two things, I said to John, my husband, I said, we just need to pray about it. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, it takes... Still a bit thick about you know bringing things to prayer in, you know to, to God in prayer and uh, and so we prayed and John at first was a bit like oh Claire we can't talk to God about this and I was like yeah I'm fed up of looking for this flipping thing we tidied three <laughs> kids bedrooms you know it's driving me mad and and so we prayed and literally within half an hour we had found yeah. both of them and John said I've looked there before it wasn't there before and I was like well there we go it was God because God loves us and he's he, he loves the silly little things as well yeah. as the big things. And that's what I love about God. Anyway, yeah. that's my random testimony for yesterday. <laughs> Sorry. That's totally fine. Uh, we should retitle the live stream, Prayer Overcomes Man Looking, as we call it in the house. <laughs> the amount of times I've gone to look for things and I've gone, babe, do you know where it is? And she goes, yeah, it's just, I'll just ask it. I've got to the point now where I don't even look. I'll just go straight to Sharon. Sharon, where's this? And she'll go, oh, it's here. Uh, and I'll have looked there twice already. And we just call I- it Man Looking. Wasn't it, isn't it St. Anthony? I'm not really big up on the, the on the saints. Isn't he the patron saint of lost things? And I'm like, come off it, St. Anthony. Surely <laughs> it was Antonia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you would not have a man, the patron saint of lost things. It just wouldn't make sense, would it, really? Uh, so as long as it's not just my house, Claire, but it, it seems to be your house as well. Prayer overcomes man looking. Uh, <laughs> I think that's such a great story. Uh, it's what it's, but you're right. I mean, I, I remember um, before I was a Christian and I was sort of, um, I was umming and ahhing about, you know, the, the whole Christian thing and what it meant for me and so on and so forth. I was in my late teens. And I remember sitting with a guy called Birdie who, uh, Farrell Burton, still connected with him now, a great guy, he's a missionary and he's just a lovely man. And I remember uh, we were, we were in this room where he and I were sat and um, we were watching a football, an American football game because I was in the States. And he you were big in American football, weren't you? Yeah, I, was, I love American football. And, um, and, and, and Birdie, he just, he just praised Lord 
help our team. And I can't remember what the teams were. And it was just like, you prayed for the team. I'm like, that's a really bizarre. I said, you can't pray for things like that, surely. Mm-hmm. And he just turned around to me and said, well, the, the God I worship is interested in the little things. Yeah. And, um, and for me, this is just one of those things I just like to talk to God about. Yeah. And I'm like, but does God answer your prayer? What happens if somebody from the other team uh, prays God help us? He says, I don't know, and I don't care. I'm just praying for a team. And I was like, and I just remember it sort of stuck in my head. Um, this this ability to talk to God about the seemingly inconsequential uh, yeah. is one of the ways that I've I've noticed with Christians who enjoy their relationship with God, that's one of the things that they can do. Mm-hmm. It's not like I have to sit down four times a day and I have a big prayer list mm-hmm. and a mm-hmm. formula that I have to work mm-hmm. through. It's that consistent yeah. conversation uh, going on all the time over the seemingly mm-hmm. inconsequential, like a lost mm-hmm. iPad or mm-hmm. or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it is, it is that conversation, isn't it? And I, I think... Um, you know, and because as as we go through our days, I, I mean, I I definitely think that there is we need to have that habit. And I think I remember hearing someone. I'm sure you have heard it too. Like about that the it, the time it takes to build a habit. It's about forty days, isn't it? Or mm. around that, it's about a month or whatever. And it you know it, it I think initially it can feel hard. Um you know, a discipline or mm. whatever. I think, I, I don't think we should shy away from that. It, you know, it can be hard to to sit down um, or to or to go for a walk or, you know, um, to, or however you're going to connect with God best. Mm. It can be hard to do that habitually. But I think the more you do it, the more you practice it, was that, uh, is it Julian of Norwich? I've never read it, but I've always liked it. I've always fancied reading it. Is it Practicing the Presence of Jesus, I think? Or is it? Yeah, Practicing the Presence of Jesus. A very old book, anyway. Yeah. Classic. Um, and, I, and I think it's, it is, it's a practice, isn't it? And, yeah, it is. And, 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 and it's not ever something that you will perfect because there will be different seasons in your life where, you know, um, where it is challenging, mm. uh, you know, because of maybe the, the, the desert time that you're going through, the really, you know, difficult, you know, maybe you've got a health problem or, um, you know, just work, stress or whatever it is, that, that, that it can be really hard to sit yeah. down and, or, and engage with God and say, look, God, I'm here. Yeah. Um, but actually, when we do that, when we say, here I am, God, then he is there like that, I think. Yeah. That's been my experience time and again. No, it's so true, isn't it? I think um, as I'm listening to you talk, Claire, I'm I'm reminded of that very straightforward analogy that actually any relationship is based on communication, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And a strong marriage is based on good communication. A strong friendship is based on good communication. The ability yeah. to talk to um, and have that conversation is is mm-hmm. is really quite important, really. And mm-hmm. again, the, and we would say the same in the church. Your relationship with God is often based on your communication mm-hmm. with God, which is your prayer, and it's also based on what you believe about God, which often mm-hmm. comes from reading the Bible. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so that ability to communicate and just have that conversation mm-hmm. uh, uh, and that deep level of communication is super super important. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, and there, you're right. I think. There are seasons, aren't there, in life? Sometimes your your prayer life is just like everything you pray just gets answered and it's amazing. And then there are other times when you feel like you're just praying through, you know, like this brick wall and it's just everything's just reverberating back. No one's really out there. No one's really listening to you. Um, and we all go through seasons like that, don't we? I don't. Well, I assume you do, Claire. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're going through and have been going through a very... Um, ridiculous scenario um, for gosh, you know, 11, 12 years now. Mm. And, and it, you know, and all you can come back to is, well, we're just doing what we're doing, you know, and we're, you know, we keep praying, we keep doing what the next thing to do is. Mm. And we will, you know, whether we see the breakthrough that we want and mm. um, isn't really the point actually the point is that we're talking to god about it and um and we're 
and 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 you 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 trust God for whatever outcome, and that He's with you, yeah. um, and that He's interested in you, and He loves you. Mm. No, it's yeah. a fair point, and you there are things which you just pray. You, you will pray for years, yeah, uh, and it feels like you're praying the same prayer for years, and then there are some things you'll pray for seconds. Uh, and it just it is what it is right it, it's um mm-hmm. uh, it's just part of the nature of your walk with god there is this thing called timing i feel yeah. uh, when it comes yeah. to prayer and, and i think the things that happen like that are the things that keep you going are they you know because we you know we've got stories of you know praying for people or you know and, mm. and getting healed there and there and you're just like oh mm-hmm. god that's so cool and you're like i don't really understand why my fabulous friend has died of cancer i don't get that mm. but we are here. You love us. Yeah. You love them. <sighs> ah! <laughs> it's part of the mystery of it all, I feel. It is. Um, it but is. again, this is where I, I love that because what you, I think as Christians, the beautiful thing that we can do is when we don't know the answers, because I don't know the answer to every question. I don't understand certain things that happen. But I can go to God and go, God, I don't get it. I just don't get it. And if you if you want to tell me what's going on, I'd appreciate that. But in the meantime, I'm just going to trust that you are still good and that actually at some time, some point, I'm going to figure this out. Um, and just to ha- having the ability to go to God, I don't understand what you're doing. Um, but I, you know, logic is going to dictate that's on me and not on you. Uh, so I'm not being, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for, difficult about it. I'm not being flippant or rude or belligerent uh, is a very good word. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm just genuinely questioning and searching. And I, I fundamentally love that about prayer. God, yeah. <laughs> there have been yeah. times when I've talked to God in a very angry state. Uh, yeah. And I'm sure that uh, God has demonstrated immense patience and not just wallop me upside the head, <laughs> which would have been my response if it had been the other way around. Yeah. Um, I, can I tell you a really funny story? Uh, I've been sure. Lo- I've been locked in rooms sometimes because I've not been praying enough and that God wanted to get my attention. Okay. And I've physically been locked in rooms. <laughs> and then I, and there was this one occasion and I was in, it was when I lived abroad and I was, I, it was a block of flats and I was like shouting at God. I was like, God, I am so cross with you that I can't even get out of this room. What is going on? And then anyway, I calmed down and, uh, and you know, God spoke to me about whatever it was that he wanted to get my attention about. And then, uh, you know, so either somebody came back with a key or I found the lock, found the key that I couldn't find or the door turned, mm. I forget now. Weird doors in Kyrgyzstan. Mm. And, um, but I'm sure I am utterly convinced that I was physically locked in the room by God. And, um, and it was just great, but that thing of, oh gosh, actually people heard me shouting, <laughs> you know, but that's okay, isn't it? Because God mm. can cope with that. He loves yeah. he loves us to be really real with it with him. Mm-hmm. King David, yeah. talk, there's a verse, isn't there, in Psalms that where he says, "I was a beast before you." Yeah, you know, um, it's good. It's a good little quote that. <laughs> <laughs> it's always a t-shirt slogan, isn't it? Uh, is it? What it is? No, no, it should be. Uh, you, uh, uh, crab yeah, church merch. merchandise, <laughs> which I've not heard about. Have you? Have any of you heard about this merchandise? I think it's church a mystery. Merch. <laughs> church merch it's the way of the future uh so claire what do you do then um to develop your prayer life what are some of the things i mean uh john talked about going for a walk um yeah. or sitting in his prayer chair and what yeah. are some of the things that you do um i think um oh, i don't know whether i'm allowed to say this uh, i pray in tongues yeah <laughs> Um, you might want to explain um, what that means for so, if someone's watching it and doesn't get what you just said. Yeah, so that is um, a, a language given by God, by the Holy Spirit, and it's a language that I don't, I haven't learned. I can speak a few random other languages a little bit, but I, I've never been taught this. I don't understand what I'm saying, but I know that God is using me to pray to God through it. Mm-hmm. So, and that is a really, I found that really helpful mm. in times when I've literally got no words left. So I've prayed all my prayers, I've, like using my own, mm. I speak English um, and I've, I've got nothing else to say. And, um, and, and that has been really helpful. Um, and then um, I think what I was saying before about, you know, praying from the Bible and, um, you know, just picking up 
um, I think, again, Psalms are really useful for this to help yeah. me because it because they are conversations with God. And, you know, often um, David will start at the start of a psalm and he'll be saying, you know, why do all the rich people, why do my enemies succeed? Why am I failing? Why are mm. my bones falling apart within me? You know, but by the end of that conversation, by the end of that psalm, he's reached a place of um, peace, yeah. of, he's received comfort from God, um, he's sort of wrestled with that, and, he, and he's, he's got to a place of kind of, you know, calm mm. or you know, satisfaction or whatever, contentment yeah. maybe. Contentment's a good word. And he does yeah. it over and over again, doesn't he? It's not like he a- He does it, yeah. It's not like a one-off thing for David. No. There's a lot of Psalms where he starts yeah. off really annoyed about something yeah. um, and ends up in a place of, but God, I trust you. Uh, yeah. You know, you're my rock, you're my foundation yeah. and all that sort of stuff. So yeah. one of the yeah. things I like to do is, um, like John, I like to go for walks. Mm. Um, but for me, one of the things I love to do is journal and yeah. um, just grab a notebook and a pen. Because, um, yeah. you know, old school, uh, some apps as well. Sometimes I'll app my journal. A journal. I've got a journal app. I don't know. I've just, yeah, I've got a journal app. That makes more sense. App my journal. I don't know. Um, and so, uh, but yeah, I, I, I do like to journal and I just like mm. to get things out on paper. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And, and just pray things out. I think sometimes when it comes to prayer, um, especially if you're new to the Christian faith, it's really hard to know where to start, which is why um, prayers, like you mentioned in the Bible, like in the book of Ephesians, yeah. um, Jesus's prayer, our Father who are in having, you know, the very yeah. famous Lord's Prayer. Yeah. Um, I don't have to pray that word for word, but it gives me a really interesting sort of template which I can use yeah. to sort of um, approach prayer with when I don't know what to pray. Yeah. Um, and so I think I think journaling is super, super helpful. And just, sorry, just going back to the tongues thing, we're going to be talking about that a lot because it's featured a lot in the book of Acts, um, yeah. people yeah. praying in tongues. Yeah. Uh, but it's that scripture, isn't there? In, is it Romans 8 where uh, I don't know what to pray, Paul says, so the Holy Spirit helps me with groanings yeah. and mutterings, which I don't really understand. And it's yeah. that kind of, I know I need to pray about this, but Lord, I don't know what to say. And so the yeah. Holy Spirit helps me pray. Uh, yeah. and that that's super super helpful so yeah, yeah we will talk about it more so just stay tuned on that we'll we'll get into that an awful lot more yeah so yes back to the sorry little side trail journaling do you journal and um, i i have done and i do um i do sporadically i wouldn't say that i journal um, we've we've got a little devotional book in, in our church at the moment and that is mm. helping me to maintain that discipline so i will write something down mm. you know you know daily you know um uh with that but um but i wouldn't I, again it's been up and down but i do know that when i have journaled i have been more faithful and more diligent in prayer so i agree with you i think that that is really wise matt um yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think praying with other people as well mm. is actually always really an encouragement, you know, that you, there's a sense of accountability, there's a sense of, you know, oh, I'm going to pray with X, so if I don't go, I'm letting them down, mm -hmm. you know, there's that, but also, you know, you, we can learn so much from praying with other people, not yeah. that we're copying them, but that we, we can just, oh gosh, I love the way they they got they've heard what God's saying there, or they've been praying mm. that. You know that I think we can be really inspired and spurred on, isn't it? Yeah, but, it's a it's a really good point actually. Praying with other people, and again, if you're new to the Christian faith, that might mm. sound a bit strange, um, but it's just think of it like you're just having a conversation with God with other people because God's mm. there in the room. It's just it is what mm. it is, and and mm. um, I always like it when you pray uh, with other believers and they bring another aspect to it like you say or maybe they've heard God say a certain thing which you kind of go oh that's really cool um, and so yeah so I think I think it, I think praying with people is really really good really good um, mm. but it's it's different I, from the habitual prayer isn't it? It is. Well, it's a part of it, isn't it? It's all part of the lifestyle of prayer and um, being in prayer groups or, um, you know, just praying with some friends over something. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I love, you know, you, there are certain Christian friends I can be around. And if I say, oh, uh, such and such is happening, there's two types of people in some respects. Mm -hmm. uh, and I sort of flit between both. 
uh, Claire. Uh, the one type of person is, oh man, I'm really sorry to hear that. Have you tried dot dot dot? And uh, most Mr. Fix It, go into Fix It mode. Yeah, yeah. Here's here's how you fix that, and they give you ideas. And there's the other type of friend which goes, man, I'm sorry to hear that. Let's pray. Can I pray for you? Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to be more the latter than the former because my default is to go, well, there's a problem, here's a solution, uh, see you later. Uh, right, actually, um, I've, I've learned over the years, certainly from my wife, that sometimes a solution is not always required. Uh, <laughs> I don't always need to give the answers. I just need to listen and communicate. And so actually mm -hmm. just praying with people, uh, mm -hmm. I think, is super powerful. And I love the people mm -hmm. around me who, when they're faced with things, when I tell them things, they're not phased mm -hmm. and they go, okay, well, let's just pray about that. Mm -hmm. um, and mm -hmm. not in a weird, spooky kind of way, not in a flaky kind of way, but just genuinely, mm -hmm. you know, lovely kind of way, really. Mm -hmm. And and actually, and then continue to pray for you. Mm. And, you know, when they're away from you and then check in on you and say, how's that going? I've been praying about that. I, you know, I read this first and I was thinking about you. Um, mm. You know, that's that's a, a deepening of friendship, isn't it? And a deepening of connection. And I think we can, you know, I, I certainly um, feel challenged, convicted to um, to to be more disciplined, to mm. to kind of be that person, really, to, you know, yeah. to when I when I say oh, I'll pray for you, probably quite good at praying with somebody there and then. But then, mm. I, you know, am I going to go and check in on them later? Um, yeah. keep praying for them until they've got that answer and mm. um, yeah it's a tricky one isn't it? we, we, we know don't we that prayer mm. you know changes things um, yeah. yeah we do we do and we're going to see that a lot actually as we go through the book of Acts some amazing things happen as a result of prayers yeah. uh, and just interesting to see what prayers are prayed and how they're answered mm. uh, we've got one coming up soon where um Peter's arrested and he goes uh, and he, he makes this prayer he goes Lord behold their threats uh, and give me boldness to proclaim your word and confirm it with signs and wonders yeah. uh, and it's just like and then what happens afterwards is just mind-boggling yeah. and there's there's quite brave prayers like that yeah. uh, it's like <laughs> you know most modern day times now we'd be like well hang on a minute they're threatening me who are they to do that Lord sort them out please uh, and but Peter was like no 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 Listen to what they're saying, God, and let's go do. Let's just go show them who let's, you really are. Uh, <laughs> some incredible stuff starts happening. So anyway, I'm I'm jumping the gun because it's just acts is just such an amazing book. We're going to get into that. Uh, one of the things to point out, Matt has put this in the comments. Thanks for reminding me again, Matt. You absolute legend. If you would like to pray with people, join a community of people who can pray with you. Uh, every Wednesday, we have a midweek prayer meeting on Zoom. It is online. You can come join in. It's 8 p.m. UK time. Uh, if you want to know what time that is for you in the world, there's a time zone converter thing. Uh, but you're more than welcome to come join us as we pray um, for each other. Uh, and we just catch up, we have a conversation, and we just pray for each other because why not? It's a wonderful thing to do. So do feel free to come join us for that. It'd be great to see you in that. Claire, as we finish, I'm curious, what stories of answered prayer have you got other than you found iPad? She's obviously really, a biggie. Uh, um, well, uh, I think just um, over the years, um, experiencing God healing me, um, I, uh, I uh, probably, it's, it's a long time now since I've had a bad back. And, it, you know, it was a mm. really, I was in agony um, before, I, before I moved away, actually, and some people prayed for me and I was praying and all the rest of it. But... There was a, again, there was a verse in the Bible that talked about um, he will um, prevent you from stumbling. And I was fearful of falling where, mm. I, where I went to live. And I never did ever fall. Um, and, uh, you know, and so, so I think there's, you know, in it, but there's, I think sometimes you can experience answered prayer and you keep having to come back to it. So I, mm. so I would say that about the back, but it's been, gosh, I can't remember the last time I'm like, sort of back went mm. um, and that is a really you know it's a brilliant thing mm. I think um meeting uh, my husband was a really big one for me I actually um I drew a picture of the man that I wanted to meet 
It ended up being about eight feet tall, but he isn't eight feet tall, <laughs> um, which was a relief. Um, and um, anyway, uh, and, and so that was that has been a wonderful thing for me. You know, I got married, um, you know, pretty late in life. Um, we have got two kids that we adopted again, which is, you know, huge and an amazing sort of journey again. Mm. Uh, lots of sort of praying about that. Lots of still praying about that, <laughs> you know, because it doesn't stop. <laughs> Never. Like a, a kids for life, not just for Christmas and all the rest of it. Um, uh, and so, yeah, so I think, um, yeah, I think just, you know, I've been really blessed by the church that I'm in, the physical church that mm. I go to, you know, that is family. You know, often I talk about um, the work that I do, people are very socially isolated. Yeah. And, and often I, I'm so thankful because I know that I've got about, literally, no joke, 50 people that I could call, probably you guys are one of them, Matt, in case you, in case you didn't know, but, you know, that I could call in the middle mm. of the night and say, hey, I'm in a dire state, I need some help. And mm. I know that they would drop everything yeah, and they would be there. And, and, you know, so I think that that's the benefit of mm. church, you know, being yeah, in that church so, community, isn't yeah, it? Which yeah. is a bit of a digression. Yeah. But all of that is, you know, it, it, it's part of prayer mm. and part of, you know, that's not that's not won or, uh, you know, earned it, it, but it happens as a result of prayer and, and being open to connection and being open mm. to mm. relationship with people and, and putting yourself in a place um where where people you know that that's reciprocal as well you know yeah uh, not necessarily but that you know i hope that i would be you know be able to do the same for for other people um like that and well, that let me put your mobile number on screen uh so if anyone's <laughs> calling at midnight they uh they can do reach out to my kids can seven. sing it I, I taught them a jingle. <laughs> oh, so they could sing your phone number. We, um, yeah, yeah, we, we. Let's we not go those, there. <laughs> those, we had that. Um, in fact, slight digression here. We had the, you know, the the little rubber bands. Uh, we had the phone numbers imprinted on those, and the kids wore them all the time whenever they were younger. Yeah. And so one of the, the reason why I say a slight digression is because one of the things that we did a few years ago was something called the 1530 habit. Mm -hmm. uh, and this was the challenge where you had to do something for 15 minutes a day for 30 consecutive days. OK, okay. The 1530 habit. Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, to create this habit. And so if you're watching this and I'm going to lay this out there, feel the freedom to use it if you've got this far. The 1530 habit to help develop your pro-life. Try doing prayer for 15 minutes for 30 consecutive days, whether it's in a chair, whether it's on a walk, whether it's journeying, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. the, the key word is consecutive. So what would happen was you'd wear a, a wristy thing and then you would start on a habit. And the day you didn't do it, you would transfer the band from this wrist to this wrist, okay? And the counting would start again. Uh, so if you go to day 20 and you miss day 21, well, let's go back to zero. So the challenge was for 30 consecutive days. Um, and so the- but how would, Sorry, how would, you, how would you remember what day you I'd get lost, but no, go on. <laughs> <laughs> yes, brilliant. Uh, if you struggle to count uh, up to 30, like Claire, then I would suggest the use of a journal. <laughs> I like it. I like that. I like, I like that idea. But the 1530 habit was a, a great thing and it worked really well. And just the, the habit of, um, the reason we did the wrist thing as well was just, it was just something which tied your mind into a physical action to help mm. you remember. Mm. Um, worked super well. I don't have any science behind it. I just know it works super well so you can steal that. So if you well, are watching it, this, uh, go on. Well, in the, in the Old Testament, they used to tie a thing to their hand, wrist and their forehead, didn't they? The Old Testament Jews. Okay. Um, and then the thing of the touching the doorbell with the prayer yeah. scrolls and, and stuff like that. And I think, you know, I think, There's you know, a physical that. thing is, yeah. is, a, is a good mem aid to remember, isn't it? It is. I was going to say good... aid memoir, and then I thought that was too, too grandiose. Too, too French. <laughs> <laughs> as we're broadcasting in English. Uh, and uh, yes, um, so try it, 15.30 habit. Try prayer, 15 minutes a day for 30 consecutive days. Let us know how you get on. We'll be super curious to hear all of that. So Claire, anything else from you before we wrap up? 
No, but pray. I think just pray. That's all I can say. Try it. Just do it. You'll be amazed. Yeah. Here's the funny thing about prayer. You don't have to be a Christian. You don't need any qualifications. You just can do it wherever you like, whenever you like. You don't have to be you a certain place. You don't even need to pray in English, do you? No. <laughs> pray in French like Claire did a minute ago, if you like. Uh, <laughs> you don't have to pray, pray uh, King James. I mean, all that sort of stuff. Just put all that aside. Mm. Every excuse and just go, God... Here I am uh, and just yeah. start a conversation and see how it goes. Let us know how you get on. Wonderful. So next week, do come join us. We are going to be carrying on our conversation through the Book of Acts. Um, I'm desperately trying to think of who's, let me check actually, what's coming up next week. Uh, let's go to the Google uh, thing here, which will tell me uh, is what we're going to do. So next week we have Dave Connolly. Oh, uh, Dave okay. is speaking. Yes, absolutely. All about how to find God's will. That's going to be a good one uh, to come to. We have the beautiful Sharon and the beautiful Rach Marshall hosting. Uh, so do come in and join them. The week after that, we've got Chris Holcomb speaking, which I'm super looking forward to. So, yeah, a lot of good stuff coming up. So make sure you subscribe to Crowd wherever you are. Uh, you're listening to or watching this from uh, as more live stream coming up. And if you are listening to this in the catch up, why not come join us in the live stream? Come say hi in the comments. Um, it'll be good to meet you uh, in there. So I think that's it from me. I think that's it from Claire. Uh, I'm just looking for my thing here. So have a great week wherever you are. Uh, God bless you. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for being with us. Uh, we'll see you next time. Uh, that's it from me. That's it from Claire. Bye for now. Night night. Thank you so much for joining us here on Crowd Church. Now, if you are watching on YouTube, make sure you hit the subscribe button as well as that little tiny bell notification to get notified the next time we are live. And of course, if you are listening to the podcast, uh, the live stream podcast, make sure you also hit the follow button. Now. By smashing the like button on YouTube or writing a review on your podcast platform, it helps us reach more people with the message that Jesus really does help us live a more meaningful and purposeful life. So if you haven't done so already, be sure to check out our website www.crowd.church where you can learn more about us as a church, more about the Christian faith and also how to connect into our church community. It has been awesome to connect with you and you are awesome. It's just a burden you have to bear and hopefully we'll see you next time. That's it from us. God bless you. Bye for now.